Hello, I'm Peter Goodwin with more audio news from the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. But I must warn you, this episode contains facts and words which could make you feel uncomfortable. Let's start with human excreta or faeces, or to use the more direct word, shit. Also, how the lack of toilets and sewers in many countries contributes to an ever-widening gap between the haves and the have-nots. These issues are all addressed in a new book called The Last Taboo by Maggie Black and Ben Fawcett. And I heard a number of unpleasant facts at the book's launch, hosted by the London School of Hygiene's Professor Sandy Cairncross. I agree with Maggie and Ben, the two authors of the book The Last Taboo, that our prissiness about excreta, the taboo about talking about shit, has to some extent inhibited solution of the major problem of the developing world. It's one of the biggest problems of the developing world that people don't have adequate facilities to dispose of their excreta. Now can I get right to the point, what exactly is going wrong? Does this mean that there's shit lying around and people start to actually get it into their food or what? There is definitely faeces lying around on the ground, sewage running in the streets, people inevitably having contact, particularly children having contact, with faecally contaminated material. It's not that they're eating visible lumps of shit, but that very tiny quantities of faecal material still contain many thousands of microbes. A few grams of human excreta contain more bacteria than there are people on the planet. So a very tiny amount is enough to cause disease and contamination. And As the title of the book implies, taboo is one of the problems, because if we don't think about this subject, then we're defenceless against it, presumably. Yes, indeed, that's part of the problem, and the lack of thinking and creativity has been part of the difficulty. We're beginning to learn that giving people toilets is not the answer. You give people a toilet when you haven't persuaded them they need one or consulted with them about the kind they most need, they'll end up using it to store firewood or to keep the goat in. But you want a situation in which every toilet is a wanted toilet. At a UN General Assembly meeting at the turn of the century, there were a number of goals set for the millennium, and many of them, like poverty reduction, reducing child mortality, can be tied in, and various diseases, like very big diseases like HIV, can be tied into sanitation. Can you explain to me how, where does sanitation come into the picture? Sanitation comes into almost all of them. One of them relates to education. And we know that children's performance at school is inhibited when they catch sanitation-related diseases. At the very least, they're likely to miss classes. Their growth is often stunted and they enter school late, with the result that they end up graduating from school late and getting into the labour force late. This has very substantial economic impacts. The World Bank has estimated the economic impacts of poor educational performance and other effects of sanitation-related diseases amounts for something like 8 to 9% of a country's GNP for typical developing countries. So that's just one of the goals, the goal of of improving education. Another relates to gender, and again, schooling of girls is affected when there isn't sanitation at school, particularly when they get to the age of menstruation. They end up missing out on school because there's nowhere 
that they can go to look after themselves, their personal hygiene when menstruating. And if they start missing lessons, they end up dropping out completely. So that one of the reasons why girls, fewer girls go to school in developing countries than boys is this, it's the sanitation problem. That was the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine's Professor of Environmental Health, Sandy Cairncross. Also at the book launch was the author, Maggie Black, and she told Karen Register she's determined to point out the difference between water supply, which politicians are generally quite happy to talk about, and the topic of sewers and toilets, which they tend to avoid. When you come to many places in the developing world where sewers are completely unaffordable and they're impracticable because of the water pressure question and water supply question, and you have to use on-site facilities which are dug pits or septic tanks and which use much less water for flushing or just a small bucket full or are dry, no water for flushing, earth or ash, then you come to the situation where you cannot just submerge the subject of sanitation in water. When you bring water, you're not solving anybody's sanitation issue. You have to tackle the subject separately. So when you go to the village and start talking about or the slum and you start talking about the subject, one subject is water and another subject is sanitation. Hygiene is where the two subjects come together. The water must be used to get rid of fecal particles and dirt which could cause disease. Are there any key methods that can be put into place to move this issue on? Well, I think that's the biggest, that's the most important. I think, you know, it's it's not, we have got the technological menu. The menu of different type of toilets, all different kinds, water flush, pore flush, the, they can always be improved. The vent pipe can be lengthened, shortened, broadened. The roof can be this, that, tiles, thatch, whatever. You could do all sorts of different things to the technology, but basically the technologies are all there. What is not there is, number one, the opening up of the debate and discussion with people, helping them understand the health risks they're undergoing, and also then having, as it were, inspired this interest and, and consumer demand, having available a little shop where they can go and purchase. So there you need to get government backing and some of the sort of entrepreneurial groups who are interested in construction. Those kinds of things would make a great, great difference. That was Maggie Black talking to Karen Register at the launch of her new book, The Last Taboo. With her at the London School of Hygiene meeting was Girish Menon of the charity Water Aid, and he told me about the Goo Cycle in Bangladesh, which was a clever way of bringing this vital topic into polite conversation. But first, I asked him what is the big worry. The big worry is that unless we talk about these kind of taboos very openly, we're never going to sort of get the challenge and take it by its horns. We can't have a situation where 2.6 billion people don't have toilets. We can't have a situation where 5,000 children are dying every single day because of poor sanitation. And if communication is an issue, we need to find a language of comfort. It might be uncomfortable at the beginning, but we do need to find that common language that will resonate in the minds of people and say, yes, it's about changing behaviors and it's about changing the way we live. Can you tell me about the goo cycle in Bangladesh? Right, the goo cycle in Bangladesh was a very interesting experiment where it was trying to get uh, this message across to people very, very strongly how um, excreta or feces can actually contribute to your health, uh, to your poor health, and how it's important to really manage that. So they started talking about what happens when you defecate in the open. How does it get into the soil? How does it get onto your feet? How does it get onto your hands? And then with the same 
uh, with the same flow, with the same chain, how does it get onto your food? Because if you don't wash your hands after defecation, if you don't clean your feet, and if, if shit is lying all over the place, you actually bring it to the house, you bring it onto your food table, you bring it on plates, and you actually start eating it. And that's why they came up with this message that you're actually eating your shit. And they cycle to show the fecal oral contamination that public health specialists will talk about was named in people's language as the go cycle, something that will perfectly understand what it really meant in a very hard-hitting but in a very simple form. Yes, uh, healthcare professionals like to use terms like fecal oral contamination, but are you suggesting they should be more direct and say, look, you're eating your own shit? They should be more direct. It would really, really benefit people because it's, it's about uh, myth-busting as well because uh, in every profession you have myths that are built up, there are jargons that are used, and the more myths and jargons we promote, the, f the farther we are taking it away from the real message. If doctors were to tell people that, listen, if you don't have a safe toilet, you will actually end up eating your own shit. And if you do that, what happens is serious diseases or probably death, for in particularly in the case of children. So we do, do need to be a bit direct. It can be very disgusting, but it is such an intimate topic. Everybody needs to go to a toilet. Everybody needs a need to, to relieve himself or herself. We can't really duck the issue anymore, unfortunately. And in fact, you've been talking here at the London School of Hygiene about the pride that you can generate in having a toilet, uh, just like the pride people might have in, say, having a television set or having a refrigerator. Do you think that people really can get proud because they've got a loo? I, I think so. Uh, that's what we have seen in Nigeria, for instance, where houses which didn't have toilets and when people actually went out of the bushes, when they found that there is a way in which you can safely dispose of feces, where toilet is a feasible and a viable option, they did feel that they're going up in the social ladder because these are people who do get connected to what's happening in the urban situation. For instance, when you come to a city or when you come to a hospital or when you come to a school, you would find that there are toilets in there. And it's about taking the same message back and saying that, okay, if, if I'm moving up the social cycle or the social ladder, having a toilet really helps me move up and up. And, and that peer pressure that builds in, that ripple effect that it has, will then spread as wildfire. And people will really be motivated to use it, provided they really understand. Well, the status symbol is, should be secondary. The primary concern should be, it's about myself, it's about my health, it's about my children and my family's health. Girish Menon, International Operations Director of WaterAid. He was talking to me at the launch of the new book, The Last Taboo, held at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. If you want to know more, do send us an email to audionews at audiomedica.com. From the London School of Hygiene and from me, Peter Goodwin, goodbye.